coincidentally, this movie is not free online. Hi, I'm Nato Kitchen. Tonight on the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we look at the indie gay film, Everything is Free. That's a lie. And because friendship, like love, doesn't cost a thing, and also my co-host won't be getting compensation again until November, I'm joined by two people who know something you can get for free. First up, socialism. I barely know her. It's Amelia. <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Amelia, and... Did you know that for the low, low price of just zero dollars and zero cents, i.e. free, you too could have anxiety and depression completely <laughs> with no cost to you. Oh my except goodness. Except an emotional one. And I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. <laughs> Next up, chatting is free, but your internet plan costs $83.99 a month. It's Ro. Hi everybody, I'm Ro. And you know what you can get for free? Your first audiobook from Audible when you use code JUST KIDDING! Audi Audible doesn't sponsor us! Nobody sponsors us! We're doing this shit for free! <laughs> and you can find me at twitch.tv slash sesqueenrow. <laughs> Everything is Free is a movie about Ivan, an artist living in Colombia, whose best friend Christian comes to visit him from the States with his brother. Ivan falls in love with Cole and begins an affair against Christian's wishes as they meet new people and have a sort of glazed slice of life? If that sounds like your thing, go check it out because spoilers ahead and here we go! So, what did y'all think of the film? This movie kind of pisses me off. In like a very vague, sort of like uneasy way. I like, agree. I kept, I, I was ready to like go in and take notes, and like I swear to God, I didn't write a single thing until like about thirty-five minutes in. I'm like, why does this movie make me like slightly angry? And then all the bullshit went down with the token straights in the movie, and I'm like, oh, I yeah. Uh, how how did I not guess that everything was leading up to this? <laughs> yeah, I don't... I think in the 2020s, we are well past the storyline, or we should be well past the storyline of rejected lover, like, goes to all these great lengths to try and win you back. Um... And I don't know, I think they could have done a lot more, like, with, with what they did have there, right? Because, like, this movie could have, like, it, you know, spurned a conversation about uh, experimentation and, like, you know, how gen how uh, sexuality is a spectrum. I was about to say gender, but also how gender is a spectrum, I'm sure, in some way. Um, and it just kind of fell flat. <laughs> As a person whose gender is, huh? I can I can confirm. <laughs> no, yeah, I think like the crux of the plot is just straight boys getting unnecessarily aggressive over something that like two consenting people entered into, right? 
But like also- straight boy can straight boy consented to fooling around, right? Or else he wouldn't have been there fooling around. Gay guy definitely consented to fooling around because like he admits that he has a problem with falling in love with straight boys. And then to have like straight boy brother. I didn't bother learning any character names. Like this movie has like zero staying power in my brain. <laughs> But, like, straight boy brother became so, like, unnecessarily aggressive, like, choking and, like, throwing around F-slurs, like... Okay, not, not just... Was kind of unnecessary. Not just choking, like, it was, it was a little worse than that, because he literally, like, comes in there, super aggressively, like, suck my dick, and then chokes him after he does that. Well, it's because his dick right. didn't choke and then he th- him. And then he threatens to kill him. Like, this, this movie is a hot mess. I think we've all been in that situation, mess. though, you know? <laughs> that specific situation where you've just sucked a dick and then you get choked and threatened to be murdered. That has I at mean, least happened I mean, consensually in role play, yes, that has happened. <laughs> I, I... Yeah, consensually in role play, I would not object to this sort of behavior. But <laughs> that like, wasn't this situation. <laughs> that was not this situation. This situation is like mired in like like hippie, like pseudo philosophical bullshit and like toxic masculinity and just like problematic people left and right. And, and do you I, know why that is? It's Ooh, no, why? Do you have a little negative knowledge for us about it? <laughs> Are you ready for our new semi-recurring uh, s- series? Yes. Yes! new semi-recurring series? <laughs> NATO, speculation, NATO speculation, but we're probably sure he's correct on this corner. <laughs> <laughs> we need a catchier name. <laughs> it's, it's still being workshopped. Uh, <laughs> NATO has okay. correct opinions. <laughs> okay. So this movie feel we talked about it just a little bit last week about this thing called mumblecore, which is horrible, um, and uh, with basically how natural some of the lines felt coming out of the actors, um, like they kind of improved it. Uh, so. Mumblecore, in essence, is this sort of like anti-comedy version of improv where the actors are given the ability to basically make up their own characters and work within sort of the confines of sort of like a skeleton story. Um, So it's basically like unfunny Spinal Tap. Uh... Or if you hate Spinal Tap, then it's just Spinal Tap. How could you hate um, Spinal Tap? <laughs> we'll come back to that. Um, this, this movie hits like all the all of the nails of what is expected when it comes to Mumblecore, which is a gross amount of dialogue, not that much action, as like proven by the fact that like. As Rose said, like pretty much nothing happens the first thirty-five minutes. Uh, the dialogue, like these people are way too open, and it sounds like they're just kind of like blah, everything out. Uh, very low budget, and basically, 
there is no real like emphasis on a climax what? or uh, sort of like you know this the this act structure or character arcs. There's n- not really any of that because nothing's really planned out. They just have like the the idea of the characters and these are the si- situations we're going to put them in. And that's why you get stuff where it's like the characters are so kind of some of them are very just extremely two dimensional like um, Christian, the brother, is just like he's a really cool guy, but as long as you're not gay, wink, you know. Um, it's like and it's stuff like that. So I think a lot of the problem that I have with this script is because it's not so much a traditional narrative as it is more sort of like an indie sort of like chill out and just kind of enjoy the vibe kind of movie and it's not like we have a problem with that we've watched like indie chill out mood pieces before that were like definitely watchable movies do i need to mention jeffrey london who jeff london films (laughs) oh yeah. I, I was making a joke that Jeff London films are like a good version of this. Well, Jeff London, <laughs> Jeff London films though have scripts, you know, with very, you know, high end dialogue to them. Probably the the <laughs> most well written scripts in the world, though. You know, and the thing with Mumblecore You're right, is they how don't dare I? is they don't have scripts, so it's basically whatever the actor comes up with, and the quality of it is really dependent on the chemistry of the actors and their ability to make to basically make up their own lines and have it progress the story. Which is why we have how many scenes where they're just like sitting and talking really about nothing that really impacts anything? You know? Yeah. Right. Like... I, yeah, like I was saying, it had that kind of vibe of, like, like hippie pseudo-philosophy, like, spirituality bullshit. And then in the middle of that was just, like, gay bashing and, like, all toxic masculinity and all of this horrible stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like this movie could have benefited from a bit more structure. Yeah, because that stuff really just felt like it was fucking thrown in there. And and I will (laughs) say, if you watch the follow-up movie to this, not follow-up as in, like, a sequel, but it's just, like, the next movie the director was involved with, I think it's called, like, a, A Spy Movie, which is a comedy improv movie. It has, like, a definite structure, and a lot of the jokes are a lot better. Uh, A lot of the dialogue is a lot punchier. Um, and it's a lot more interesting and memorable because, like, it follows more of a structure of sort of, like, the three-act structure that most narrative films follow. Um, this movie is... I feel like this movie would have been a lot better if it was an actual comedy instead of, like... I don't... Drama? Make it a drama, make it a comedy, make it, like, a surrealist, because he's an artist, like, make it a surrealist, like, dreamscape-type movie. Just give it a plan. Give it a give plan, it yeah, structure. give it an identity, give it an identity. This movie had no identity. It felt it like felt, I was... Oh, sorry, go it ahead. It felt so... 
No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it felt like I was just watching somebody's boring-ass life that I don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Mumblecore, in my opinion. You know, like... Oh, my God. There is, um... I don't want to bring... If I bring it, if I bring up Quiet City, we're gonna have to reference it one more time later on, just for the shits and giggles. Yeah, that's. I mean, I watched Quiet City when I was in college, and I just didn't really like it. And there's this one scene in it where they like make up like a song in it, um, like on a keyboard, real time, and it's just like that's that's the only thing people seem to remember about that film. And it's like, yeah, that's the only thing you remember because it's a catchy piano tune. The rest of it's just kind of like, you know, all the parts from Juno you don't remember. Or, you know, all the parts from any movie that you don't remember, you know? <laughs> and that's kind of... The, the, the prose of Mumblecore is like, it's a mood piece. Um, it's more of sort of like a technical thing for actors uh to like sort of take control of their characters and also it can be done on a relatively like low budget all this comes from Corey, who i asked like so defend mumblecore go um and this uh but like mumblecore <laughs> can be made on like a pretty small budget so you can basically do it with a group of your friends which is probably what happened here um and you know within like the indie crowd like It'll probably, like, get decent views because that's just the way they work, and I don't understand it. Um, Can I just say... By the way, for those of you listening for the first time, Corey is our token straight friend, and he knows things about movies. Corey would actually (laughs) probably really like this movie. No offense to Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just say... You can still make a low-budget film with your friends with minimal, like, you know, set and stuff like that, but but have, like, a structure and a screenplay. I was going to ask, how does this... Uh, how does this compare to some of the other really low-budget films that we've seen on this podcast? I'm, talk- I'm talking the really low-budget ones. I'm talking Phoenix... Jeff London, um, that one movie, uh, <laughs> Love Victor, uh, you know, all of them. Oh, uh, Beverly Kills, you know, I can, please stop me. <laughs> I think I Beverly Kills is a really good example, actually, because Beverly Kills, like, was weird as fuck. But, but Beverly Kills was also, like, it had structure, it had a plot, like, it was funny, you know? Um, This one is just, like, I don't want to sit there and watch a movie to watch people have conversations back and forth about mundane stuff. (laughs) I don't want to even have conversations and... You know. I I don't even want to have those conversations in real life, so I don't want to sit there for an hour and a half and watch <laughs> other people have them. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like the 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 time for those sorts of conversations was back when I was in art school and yeah. like permanently high. 
This does kind you know of feel I mean? like a like a art school, film school, short film, like freshman year. Oh, like you know the absolutely. joke that I have about right? like, everyone makes the one film with like that's black and white except for the rubber ducky. Okay, so there's this joke I have because I because I went to college for an absurdly long time and like seven different people did like short films that got featured by the college. And, well, not seven, just seven, but, you know, out of all of them, seven of them were featured by the college, and they're sort of like, you know, check out our amazing artists and stuff like that. Seven of them featured a scene, the entire film was in black and white, there was a scene in a bathtub with the main character, and for some reason, they had matted and colored the rubber ducky that was in the bath with them, and that was the only thing that was colored... In the entire film. That was the only thing that was colorized, you know? Well, Nato, if you don't colorize the rubber ducky, then how's the audience supposed to know that you're in the bath? <laughs> the sound of water? <laughs> There's no way. There's no way to know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, this this feel like, yes. that kind of, like, uh, a blunt conversationalist thing... Uh, it feels like someone from specifically our school would have made it. Yeah. Maybe. It, it definitely feels like somebody's first attempt at a feature-length film. Which is weird because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like it. It definitely does. I'm just saying, you know, for the record... So we don't. So, so on the off chance someone calls us out, you know, I will say this about this movie: it was probably really fun to film. Mm-hmm. All of those beach shots, man. Oh yeah, being wanna... able to spend like half the filming time on the beach just fucking around sounds amazing. I probably, miss the beach. They probably <laughs> film. They probably film like half a film in like in an in one day just on the beach, you know? Yeah. Although I will say, yeah. this is the nitpicking part of me, there's this one scene where, like, Ivan gets up and, like, walks uh, through, like, like th- past the beach through some, like, uh, uh, brushes and stuff, and all I could think of is there's a car right off screen with its headlights just, like, full, full blare <laughs> for this. So let's let's say that I'm correct in the assumption that the actors were more in control of their characters than they were like planned out beforehand or written out. How do you feel like the characters came across um, uh, as a whole? I think there were a couple of strong characters. Um, I think the the really flamboyant author friend was a nice character. It took me a while to warm up to him, but I think eventually he kind of won me over. Are we talking about Eli? Um, yeah. Eli, yes, I agree. To me, Eli was, like, the standout character, even though they had a minimal role, right? I don't know, there was just something so enigmatic about that character or that actor or whatever that, like, 
I just, I wanted that, that character to be expanded. I would have loved to see, like, just more of that character in this movie overall. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that his only, per- like, purpose in the movie was to, like, be there and vibe. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it seemed like, because he's the one who ends up saying the title of the film, right? You yeah. Know, almost, like, almost. There were some almost. extra it's, words it's, in it. There's, there's a rule, right? If you're going to name your film something, or your show something, or your play, or your musical, or anything, if somebody doesn't say the name of your show, or film, or play, or musical by the end of your show, or play, or film, or musical, then you're doing something wrong, right? That's that's not just me, right? You have to have somebody say the name of your film, or show, or play, or musical. I don't think that's a rule. (laughs) Yeah, it's the rule, right? I don't think it is. And Eli gets that honor in this movie, which means he must be an important character somehow. I, I wish they had utilized him more and better. Is is that the reason that um sorry, one second. Is is that the reason you hate Dorian Blues so much is because no one said I got them Dorian Blues? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the reason, NATO. <laughs> that is exactly why. <laughs> that's the reason. <laughs> So let's talk about sort of the world they inhibit, which is kind of just like, it's very small in scale uh, compared to like other movies we've seen. Maybe with the exception of uh, Portrait of a Girl Currently on Fire. Um, <laughs> tell me, do you, do you feel like the world they inhabit and in, in the people they meet were believable? Yes. I mean, I don't know how you go on vacation in Colombia and, like, not see any Colombians, but, like, I guess if you're in a touristy part of town, that might make sense that you, like, only run into people from Los Angeles. I think like I think for, so a I film think... That's, for a film that's set in South America, there's surprisingly few South Americans. That's all I'm gonna say. Well, I'll I might say more later, but that's so what I'll say for now. I I somewhat agree with that. I was just ranting to NATO about this before <laughs> um, before you got on, but like it's just so the the director, filmmaker, main guy. Ivan is of Colombian descent. Like, he's from the U.S., but he's of Colombian descent. And, like, he's very clearly, like, a white Colombian. And it just, like, to me, feels like such a white Latino thing to do, to just, like, kind of... I think pandering might be, like, the word that feels right to me, like, pander to, like, the dominant majority. Like, you know, aside from, like, the fact that there were only Colombians, like, in kind of the background there, one of the things that maybe is just, like, a trigger for me, having grown up Latina, but, like, I just, it didn't sit right with me that it just showed his friend talking about, like, oh, I just came to Colombia because I thought all the men would be so beautiful, but it's really the women, and, like, I just, you know, was looking for a Latina, like... I, that made me feel a certain kind of way. I just, I didn't like it. 
believable to answer NATO's question. Like that was all very believable and spoke very true to me. So like, you know, that's, that's something I think that says something about like what was happening. I would like to just kind of add as a disclaimer, uh, we are not saying this is a Colombian gay movie. This is an American gay movie yeah. set in Colombia. But we are saying that basically it could have had more representation since it was set there. Yeah. Just for clarification. It felt like a bit of a microaggression to me. Like, the, <laughs> those things felt like a, you know? I mean, it, yeah. it feels like it feels like the director grabbed some of their friends they had met along the way. And just like went, did an ad in Sandler, took them to, on vacation, and they made a movie while they were out there. Like that, that was my initial impression of this film. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Like I said, I think that might just be like a particular trigger for me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's valid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amelia, that's valid, and you're valid. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, Thank you. <laughs> no, don't apologize. It's like a good thing to like point out. I think if you're going to go someplace uh, outside of the U.S., then you might as well try and include as much culture as you can, you know? Yeah. And be representative right. and it, of it. And it's not like this sort of thing doesn't happen, right? And it's not like we haven't covered this sort of topic before. Like, didn't we watch an episode of Rick and Steve with that guy who, like, aggressively fetishizes Asian people? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's a real thing, and it's a big issue in the gay community. And, and Especially like, the straight version a, of the to gay a lesser, community. To a lesser degree, the straight version of the gay community. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... I think, you know, that that sort of, if if it was their intention to bring to light that sort of experience as a South American or Latino filmmaker, then, you know, that that's valid, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I don't, I don't know. I still, I feel, I don't know. Being a, a white person, a, a, a person of little to no melanin, um, <laughs> I, I really can't speak to that experience. So, you know um, what I mean? Jason yeah. Takes Manhattan <clears throat> is... The best, <laughs> the best Friday the 13th movie. <laughs> oh, I'm joking about that one. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, what about Jason Takes Manhattan? <laughs> okay, so uh, Dudley do right. No, uh, all right. So you know the movie The Rescuers Down Under. Yes. Okay, no. so the re- the rescue <laughs> love that movie. It is an amazing movie. Might be gay. Might not be. Who knows? Can we you know? do it? Can we do it for the podcast? <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> so, Rescuers Down Under is a sequel to Rescuers, and the Rescuers is about two mice, an American mice and a British mouse, played by Zsa Zsa Gavor. Um, I and, have seen that. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> and so, their thing is that they rescue kids, 
Mm-hmm. And so in the rescuers down under, as they say in the Australias, um, they <laughs> go to the Australias to go rescue a All kid. All four of them. And, <laughs> and so this is sort of like an example of like, you know, a quote unquote like vacation movie uh, setting two people that haven't really been outside their comfort zone and taking them and putting them in another location where they're kind of like alienated in a way. Uh, but also they're soaking up the different types of culture. There's different ki- types of mice out there. There's different... Uh, albatrosses or whatever uh you know there's different animals like lizards and different hazards there's then they then they had to like tackle in the past and the previous one they were in a swamp and this one they're in a completely different world another example is actually and i hate to say this phoenix wherein a wherein rent boy mc whatever his name was has to go to phoenix <laughs> arizona and he's completely out of his sort of like he's completely outside of his bubble. He knows nothing about Phoenix. He knows no, he doesn't know where to go pretty much. He doesn't know anything about this. And yet he's kind of like wandering around and getting his feeding feeding his footing uh all while this story is unfolding. It's not a very good one, but you know. Um and but still it's like he's getting the culture sort of like the look and he's interacting with you know, the people, and that's a big part of it, is getting to know sort of like the people of this new place. And that's something we don't really get in this movie, because everyone we meet is from, like, L.A. or Tennessee, or friends with the main character, and they're all from, like, the U.S., instead of being, you know, from where they actually are. And that's kind of, that's the thing that I'm kind of torn on, because like because of that I would say this is, you know, an American movie set in Colombia. But at the same time it it feels like it should have had more or at least like the attempt of more. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels like one of those vacations where you like go to the Bahamas and like your only exposure to the local population is, like, the cabana boy that brings you your margarita or whatever while you're <laughs> lounging poolside. Not okay. that Pete is Ro, a bad lounge boy. Ro, it's okay because they told them gracias, okay? <laughs> He's like, excuse me, <laughs> my ass is clean. <laughs> no gracias. <laughs> Speaking of clean asses, what is with these movies and not using lube? I will. S- Never mind. I mean, there's eggs right there, and I was gonna. I mean, if if you have to, egg yolk can be used as lube. Just you know, clean out really good afterwards. Don't. I'm not I mean, a doctor. You have. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> His liquid heat. I feel that, Amelia. I immediately thought of something to say, and then I was like, uh. <laughs> you heard it here first. Just crack open the egg and go to town. <laughs> I, was gonna say, I know, I know it dries fast, but you do also have like a mouthful of spit. Oh, God. 
true. Like, it's it's not preferable by any stretch, but, like, it's available. <laughs> Since there were two chickens, does this, does this fill the three cock rule? Oh, man. I'm trying to do... I'm trying to, like, decide in my brain whether or not this movie would have been better if there was, like, at least one penis in it. And I really don't know if it would be. Which penis would Probably you not. like to see? Like, whose penis? Uh, the Argentinian guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a quick answer. <laughs> if you, if you or, had the guy, the guy who, the guy who Amelia affectionately referred to in her notes is Gerard Gouet. <laughs> Is that the guy from My Chemical Romance? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I saw him, that's all I could think of. Or the guy from The White Stripes, but I don't know his name. Oh, Jack White. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's the guy from Miromancia Chemica. <laughs> how, do I, how do I say this? Why, why, is, why, I, why is everyone a twink in this movie? <laughs> but, yeah, why is, Ger- why is Gerard <laughs> Way a twink? How about that? His character was so weird. Like, I don't know, like the way he approached the experimentation with, uh, what's his name? And the... Ivan? (laughs) Yeah, and just like, I don't know, like, he just, his vibe was off. I'm not gay. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) It's been so long since I've kissed, I don't even remember what it sounds like. <laughs> My brain is just... Blah, 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 blah. The thing I really hate about this movie is the musical Rent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I So, like, I was vibing with this movie. Like, you know, it hit that sort of, like, cool, I've just had a few mimosas kind of, like, you know, feeling when I watched it. Um, and then, like, the last 25 minutes hit, and I was just like, oh my god, I fucking hate this. Like, I hate everything about this. Like, oh, because, yeah. like, can we cause, talk cause about went, Cause, cause, no, like, it, it, it went from, like, you know, you know, kind of in love, like, kind of cutesy <laughs> experimenting love kind of thing, to Ivan being fucking, like, obsessed with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, can we talk about for like a quick second like how unsatisfactory the end of this movie is? <laughs> let's let's go from let's okay, so we briefly talked about uh choke me daddy scene. Um so uh so let's kind of go from let's kind of like spoil this movie a little bit. So spoilers uh, straight best friend learns that gay best friend is sleeping with questionable sexuality uh, brother. Um, throw. He's not gay, Nato. He I said, said questionable. So. I said questionable Before he sexuality. Did the gay shit, he said he wasn't gay. I said questionable <laughs> sexuality. <laughs> we don't know what it is, and it was never defined. Um, so, anyway, so straight. So, straight best friend takes brother home in a huff and basically threatens more violence to gay best friend Ivan. 
Um, now we'll be using their proper names, uh, just so that we know who, like everyone. So Ivan ends up making a painting for Cole, the brother with the questionable sexuality, and going back to L.A. to give him the painting. Uh, but unfortunately, Christian, the straight best friend, opens the door, gets the painting, destroys the painting, uh, and then uh, Ivan goes back to his other house, which is in L.A., because he has a house in L.A. and a house in Columbia, and decides that night to go and confront Cole. So he goes and knocks on the door, and they have a big conversation, which leads to them getting caught by straight best friend, and a fight breaks out between straight best friend and gay best friend, Ivan and Christian. Uh, before they go home, uh, Ivan kind of loses his art career or whatever, and then we like flash forward a few years later, like two years, uh, Ivan is teaching like choreography, dance, and who should show up but Cole. And then they have like a conversation, and then they end up making out. And that was a movie. <laughs> I found this ending very unsatisfactory. Um... First of all, how fitting that toxic masculinity straight guy's name is Christian. Um, second of all, it's none of your business who your brother decides to kiss or not. Like, it's so easy to just butt out of that com Like, hey, watch watch this. Watch this. I'll show you how easy it is. Okay. Hey, Amelia. Yeah? Your brother's gay. What? Okay. Amelia, your bro your brother's gay. What are you gonna do about it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you see how easy that was? <laughs> how, how, how is how is the brother gay though? He has a girl up in his room at one point. Okay, maybe he's not gay. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, let me rephrase. Amelia, your brother is kissing guys. Okay. Are they cute? <laughs> Exactly. Okay. <laughs> She's like, I fail to see which part of that is my problem. <laughs> it's really not. But there, w but you wanted conflict. You said in your notes you wanted conflict, and the movie. I wanted gave conflict, you. but when I, when I say I want conflict, I want like meaningful conflict that drives character development forward. I don't want to feel like personally attacked. But there is no for character being, development in this movie. I don't want to feel personally attacked for being like queer. That's not that's not conflict. That's just mean. So would you say this movie should have been called Everything is Mean? Yes. Okay. Everything is unfair. Everything is unfair. Everything is okay, unfair. Okay, snowflake. <laughs> and also, like, how disappointing that at the very end of the movie, Ivan couldn't stick to his guns and just be like, no, you ruined my life, your brother ruined my life and threatened physical violence against me. Like, You're toxic. It's been, it's been two years since then. I cannot physically stand to be in your presence. It's better if you go back to Los Angeles and forget I exist. I'm just gonna say... That's it. how that conversation... Like, carte blanche goodbye like do not want to talk to you anymore i'm just gonna say no it. i'm gonna be i'm like, gonna be the advocate for the devil uh, i don't think you should fuck your best friend's brother 
and or sister. I think that would just make things awkward. Because you've already had, like, a long relationship to be able to call them a best friend. And I think even if you have, like, an attraction to them, maybe don't fuck them when your best friend isn't, like, in walking distance away from them. So they should have sent Christian back to L.A. first, and yes. then fucked. <laughs> I think that is acceptable. Like, hey, bro, what? I want to stay a few more days. And then it's like, hey, let me seduce you with my twi- twink ears. You know? Oh. Instead of having, like, the conflict be, like, this whole, like, whatever was happening, like, why not make it, like, extend out, like, that conflict around, like, the fact that the guy is dating the best friend's brother. You know what like, would have been a make, better, like, because, like, like, it's right. And then give it, like, a, a, give it, like, a, I don't know, like, a happy ending, or maybe, like, a bad ending, but, like. Let them have, like, meaningful conversation about it, instead yeah. of just, like, suck my dick, if I ever see your face again, I'm gonna kill you. Right, like, like use that as, like, a plot point to drive the freaking story. <laughs> And I mean, like, like they kind of did, but like more on like a a weird, like misplaced, like random scenes of like extreme, like fucking toxic masculinity, you know. As I mean, the fucking answer is like right there in front of you too. Yeah, make, make the best friends former lovers that just like you know make the make Christian bisexual. Ooh, I like that. And make it so, like, they had a romantic relationship. It just didn't work out for one reason or another. And now that he's meeting the brother, he's having kind of the same feelings that he had towards him. And this is what makes it awkward, because uh, Christian feels like he's using, he's seeing, basically trying to replace what they had and what fizzled out with coal, yeah. which is actually weird. Um, I like yeah, and then you could then you could end the second act with like a really hot, like morally questionable threesome, and then have that <laughs> be the crux of the conflict for Act Three. <laughs> I will I will say it is really refreshing. I will give this movie one big thing. It is absolutely refreshing to have a movie whose main character isn't is like conventionally very attractive. And not pushed as an, oh, I'm just an average Joe, nobody wants me, I'm ugly kind of thing. It's like, Ivan goes out and, like, fucking, like, hooks up, you know? Like, <laughs> this this isn't, like, an is-it-just-me situation where it's just, like, someone above, with above-average looks is like, oh, I'm so ugly, nobody wants me. Eh. So pity. <laughs> Ivan's like, I'm going out, I'm getting, like, I'm getting dick, you know? Um, yeah, I, I, using yeah. one nail to take another nail out of the wall. Ivan, Ivan is every <laughs> toxic, like, art person that I ever fell in love with. Oh think, my god. Do you think they're more or less Same. toxic than Sid? <laughs> what? Are they more or less toxic than Sid? Oh, less. Mm. <laughs> on the one hand, on the one hand, I don't know. Sid would probably also, like, go across state lines and (laughs) national borders, you know, for a one-week relationship. So, equally, maybe? 
<laughs> Why are all the artists characters we have in these just horrible people? It's almost like it's a commentary on the art world or something. No. <laughs> what? Well, NATO oh, art portrait is of born out of art. Art, art it, great art is born out of angst and conflict. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was if born you, out if of you nepotism. Don't, like, <laughs> if you don't bury yourself in angst and conflict and like constant negativity, then how can you be sure that the art that you're producing is quality? I'm sorry, all I could hear is if you don't bury yourself in student loans, how can you call yourself an artist? Sorry, all I heard was I'm so far up my own ass I can't see how I'm toxic. <laughs> I am toxic, thank you very much. I am so cancelled for my takes on everything from rent to rent. Look, can I, just, can I just take a second to tell y'all about the actual like positives when it comes to Woody Allen? Because like I okay. know he's well, like a <laughs> That's all the time we have for this Um I guess we're going to have to do Rent in a few weeks just so I can stop making jokes about Rent. Um, Don't we have a gap after Marsha P. Johnson? I I mean, I left it up to y'all if you, for what y'all want to do for that. Oh, so that's right. That's this right. Is, if y'all, so like, write to Amelia and Roe and tell them what they should do. Um, should they do Rent or something completely different? Uh, anyway, I think that We've talked enough about this movie. I think this movie is a movie. So uh, let's just wrap this all up. How about? Yeah. Okay. Wrap it. Wrap it all the way up. <laughs> Stick it in a condom and put it in a drawer. And, and let's make sure that we clean our anuses beforehand so that they don't come out dirty. <laughs> So, Amelia, did this movie make you want to hook up with your best friend's brother, or maybe not do that because it's just going to make things awkward? This whole movie's awkward. (laughs) I actually wouldn't recommend this one, honestly. Okay. Ro, did this movie make you want to visit Colombia and experience none of its culture or destroy a painting that took minutes upon hours to make in front of the person that made it? Okay, you know how people have, like, problematic faves? This movie is my problematic least fave. (laughs) (laughs) Might have to be more specific than that. Um, I mean, if you're into mood pieces or whatever, fine, go watch it. But, like, I'm going to, like, after we finish recording, like, smoke a bunch of weed, maybe drink a couple shots, and, like, try and forget that I ever watched it. <laughs> I'll be right it, there like, with you, Ro. It <laughs> me off. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or watch, end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on what, Facebook and Twitter at Gaykapod, the G-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions, and we can't wait to experience more movies with you. I'm Nito Kitch, and not even my ass is free nowadays. Later.
Okay, you know what? Actually, like the worst part about this movie is no one laughed at my butt joke. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) 